to somebody that has just been diagnosed with Turner syndrome, I would say it will become something that you learn to love about yourself and that you find makes you special. Being diagnosed with something as complex and so intricate as Turner syndrome, no two girls are the same. So don't compare your journey to anybody else's. It's yours alone. Hey guys, back at it again. Welcome to another episode of Period Sis with your host Mandy B brought to you by none other than the official box owner. Once again, I want to shout out to all of the box owners out there and everyone who has supported official box owner over this last like year and change. I can't believe we made it to a year, but I am excited. I think every week, I think I always say I'm super excited about this week's episode, but this one I am excited about because like you guys, I enjoy learning and there's so much about womanhood that is unique still to each and every one of us. So just because you have a certain experience as a woman does not mean that's also going to be my experience. And today we are talking about a very rare condition called the Turner's Syndrome um, with a guest who reached out to me. And I'm super excited to hear about her journey as well. So guys, it is another tale of womanhood for women by women. <laughs> And hi guys, today I am joined with Natalie, who is a nanny and a woman with a special and unique story. Hi Natalie, thank you for joining me today. Hey guys, I just want to get the fangirl out the way. I'm just, I'm excited to be here. I've been listening to your podcast for a while and it's just great to have spaces to tell stories and just share everything and let everybody know that not everyone's journey is the same. I Well, thank you so much for that. And, and guys, I'm super excited and probably have all of the questions in the world. And I know y'all are like, damn, let her talk. I need y'all to know before we were, uh, before we hit record, we were talking a little bit about her journey. So I, my mind is full of questions. Bring them. Um, but Natalie, yeah, Natalie, let's get started, I guess. Um, so Turner syndrome, when you wrote me, I had no clue what it was. And so if you can, can you just explain to the listeners what Turner syndrome well, is? Essentially it is a chromosomal disorder that um, basically happens um, during conception and basically during uh, cell division that um, there are different variants. Um, some people can completely have the uh, female chromosome, the X chromosome missing, and some can have just partial variations. So there are very, there are different types and different struggles that even go along with those different variations. And it is very rare. Um, it affects, I think, like, one out of every two to 5,000 births. So, yeah, oh, wow. so it is very rare. And I was actually um, diagnosed at birth. Uh, my doctor, I, I was born, and my doctor basically just said, this, this baby has Turner syndrome, and kind of took my parents aside and, you know, explained to them uh, the, the disease, the syndrome, and that what I would be like the hurdles and the disc, the troubles I would have the struggles and um well let, let's kind of actually let's talk about that so when you were born um and and as you guys see this doesn't even start at puberty it started at at birth what what signs uh did your doctor see to to notify your parents that you uh um, there are physical features that do are characteristic of Turner syndrome I had a webbed neck 
um, that I was able to get fixed surgically when I was, I think, 26 okay. back in 2012. Um, it, it was just something that, um, that I had a web neck, a low hairline all the way down, um, and a defining feature that my mother actually mentioned was um, swelling of the hands and feet, which I don't have mm. now, but I guess it's a characteristic of birth when when that happens and i from my research i can tell that it some people it affects throughout their whole lives and some it's just that's a characteristic of when they're born so now as now as a baby did i mean swelling of hands and feet okay could be a little right. uncomfortable but nothing like too crazy did your mom say that there were any other symptoms that she had to battle with as a mother take caring for you as a child? Not really. Um, I was, Nothing's I've been going to be an obstacle. My whole I guess life, that so, with um, that conversation that they had when I was born, you know, kids are cruel, you know, things are going to happen. Things are going to be said. So they kind of raised me to be a go-getter, not see things as obstacles and just basically get shit done. <laughs> I, I, I love that, actually. I want to know if if there wasn't many issues uh, as far as raising and, and being a child. Let's get into puberty. That's where the trouble um, starts. I would, there we go. Doesn't it always Absolutely. with the swimming? God damn it. As soon as puberty comes. Um, so let's get into that. Uh, let's, let's get into how Turner's kind of affected puberty for you and what that well, was like growing into well, womanhood. Well, essentially, it does affect reproductive development. So essentially... okay. Essentially, I was stuck as developed as a child. Um, I, I had to take medicine from the time I was in this. And, oh, another physical characteristic would be short stature. Um, I okay. was um, really, really, really little when I, was, when I was a child. And I had to take shots of human growth hormone from the time I was in the second grade until I was in the ninth. Every oh, wow. day. Every day I was sticking myself with needles and um, the human growth hormone. <clears throat> and um, not only that, like I said, it kind of like stunts your development. So there was no development. I had to take medicine to develop breasts. Um, wow. I did not have a period. And that was very confusing because, and that was part of what I told you when I said I felt like I wasn't prepared adequately. I feel like mm. maybe when I was like 12, 14-ish, I could have it could have been brought to me better like because I was sitting there going okay all this is happening to my friends all you know you know how girls talk they're you know man yes. like or in the hallway <laughs> hey you got a pad hey you got a tampon like and I'm like I don't <laughs> but I but oh, I got wow. to where like I would carry stuff just to have it to hand out to people so like it wouldn't it would be normal and so what what was that conversation like did you then did the doctor tell you did your parents tell you did you because I, I I'll be honest I just know not to have sex I don't think I've realized until later that my period was connected even to having a baby and all of that right so was that something that was even discussed to you then when you realized you weren't getting your period was it brought to you that then you may never be able to be a mom like when was that conversation well even it it kind of has been understood my whole life. I, th and that's why, like, okay. in, like not being able to have a child, and I know that there's other options, and the fact that I don't necessarily even want a child, it, it's always kind of factored into that. It, and that probably was the tipping factor in me deciding, you know what, well, that's fine. Well, we're just not going to have a child. But um, as I've gotten older, um, 
I still, that is the path that I'm choosing. I don't necessarily want a child, but you know, I've always known and it was always presented to me that adoption was always an option. Um, okay. And even my sister, um, a long time ago, she was like, you know, I would be a surrogate for you if you wanted and things like that. But I mean, it's, it's never been a path that I've saw myself go down. So I've just always known that, like I said, adoption was the option that probably would be the choice for me if it got that to that point. Right. So, oh dear. So (laughs) at what point, or, or did you have, did you have any friends I would ask um, that they were understanding or, no. or knew what you no. had. Wait, no. Well, I, it was why, why is it that? Was very isolating. I didn't necessarily talk about it. You know, when you're a teenager, you want everything. You know, differences are very extreme when you're a teenager. Uh, kids <laughs> are, are. <laughs> kids, kids are cruel. Kids say things. Kids talk. Um, and so I just always kind of kept it everything's normal and like I had a friend recently because I've really been like an open book about this as I've gotten older um I had a friend who was uh, my like my best friend during that period of my my life and she was like I really didn't even know I had no idea and I'm like yeah no because I kept it I kept it tight (laughs) I kept it locked down tight and I didn't even really talk to my parents about it I just kind of internalized and dealt with all of it (laughs) it's it's crazy because i mean clearly you had something that you know was strongly affecting Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of things with you during puberty but even when i sit and i talk to other women and we discuss literally just just the cycle just the monthly Mm -hmm. period or certain certain other things like acne and things like that it is one of those weird things that for whatever reason we choose to go through womanhood early on Mm -hmm. alone it's not something we're comfortable talking about with parents with friends and i mean i'm hoping that that's something that changes yeah i'm hoping even okay so that's well clearly it's changed (laughs) uh, but i want to know then we 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 got into puberty did anything as well change in your confidence with discussing it as you got into high school or late teenage years that were different? I would say I got more confident with speaking out I, with definitely the, the shot part of it. Um, not necessarily okay. everything else, but I was more comfortable as I got older, like late teens, early 20s. And that's why I just have no time for people who are scared with needles. I'm like, I have been, sh- I, <laughs> I took shots every day when I was a kid. You can't tell me nothing. Just, just buck up, do it. <laughs> So what has this been like in dating, um, if we can oh, take it Oh, we can. I yes. am actually engaged. I'm getting married next week. Congratulations. <laughs> well, let's talk about that journey then, because I know, and, and of course, we talk about it as well on this pod a lot. It's why asking a, a woman when she's going to have kids is such an inappropriate conversation. However, when dating, a lot of times family building is one of those conversations that are had. So I would love to know what those conversations were for you like early on. Did you find what was there ever a time as well where you didn't oh, share oh, with oh, your partner? Um <laughs> the only person that I've actually discussed any of this with is the man that I'm marrying. Um <laughs> and wow. okay. it was just that kind of connection that we've always been able to be absolute 
honest with each other 100% with everything on both sides. He's honest with me. I'm honest with him. And I guess that was part of what drawn me to him was that honesty because I was just tired of it. Like, you know, I want, I'm, I'm done with everything other than just being 100% my true self. Like there's no time. <laughs> and so, and so even in dating, you felt as though, uh, your syndrome and diagnosis was something you couldn't share with right. partners and, or, and why, why well, is that? Because I mean, I, I, I'm just asking, cause a lot of times when we do decide to be with partners, we see them long-term and sometimes, damn, now I got to tell you, you know, the thing that maybe I don't share with the people I'm dating, but now that we're together. Well, see it, I dated, but like, okay. It, it's always been like, it was really confusing for me because like there was sort of a disconnect, like, I never uh, really had a sex drive. And okay. so uh, that whole thing was very confusing for me because, you know, when teenagers are teenagers and young 20s and things like that, like everybody's in hyperdrive. <laughs> and for me, it was just like I that connection wasn't there. It was like the way I would describe it to a friend before I was like, you know how like when someone wants to flirt with somebody or they find somebody cute and there's always like that that click like oh okay all right i'm gonna talk to you i'm gonna see what's up so it there that connection really wasn't so to the point where it was very even confusing about my sexuality i'm like okay what's ah. what's going on here so like um I, I like for a long time i was like am, am one, i one moment one moment your levels aren't moving anymore hello on your mic Okay. okay. Now they are. Um, okay, wait, could you move the move the cord maybe? There? Better? Okay. There we go. Um, like to the point where it was like, am I asexual? You know, I, I just, all options were on the table because I was just trying to figure it out, you know? Mm. So um, dating was not necessarily difficult, but I just, nothing really felt right. And then until I found something that was. That makes yeah. a lot of sense. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. So now you are engaged <laughs> to be married. Let me know what the conversation has been about family building now with someone that you do see you spending the rest of your life with. We are, we're both on 100% on the same page about that. He's not necessarily on the on the idea of having children either. So that was one. And I mean, and that was another thing with dating, like all of the serious conversations. Anytime I would talk to somebody, I want to have them first. I want, you know, like if you want to have, if you want to have your, if you want someone to spit out your own DNA, I'm just not the same. I'm just not the chick for you. Like, <laughs> mm. like I would have those serious conversations and set expectations early. And then he was like, I don't really want kids. So, but then, you know, it's, we just really came to the conclusion that whatever happens, happens. And if we find ourselves in a path where we could potentially, that's not the trajectory we're going to go on. That's not the goal. But if something happens and we're like, all right, there's a lot of kids out there that need a loving home, a loving house, people in their lives. Right. We can be that people. But it, like I said, it's not the the trajectory because we have a lot of things that we want to do. <laughs> now, can I ask you with the sex drive, 
is that something that came that was affected by medication or is it is it also a symptom of turner syndrome Uh, that i i don't know know like i i really couldn't tell you and like i said the there's plenty of medical research and medical jargon about it but there's not really research on how it affects the people and that was where I was really mm. confused though, because I was like, this is affecting my mental health. This is, you know, I've had bouts of depression throughout my life. It's, it's just really been a roller coaster dealing with all of this and with nothing being out there. Uh, it, it was really isolating and I felt really alone, even to the point of, I've always known that I could talk to my parents and share with my parents and things like that. But it was still very isolating because no one really understood because anyone all day, every day can be like, you know, I understand I'm here for you, but they don't know. (laughs) Right. 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 Is this is with Turner's you're now in your, I am. I I just turned 33 in uh, the beginning of the month. Oh, come on. (laughs) You know, well, Natalie, what are the conversations now? Like with doctors, do you still have appointments? Are you still, uh, using the hormone needles, what what type of continued medication, um, if any? Are I you am on? not, um, and that's why okay. I am such a big proponent of healthcare for all because I don't have health insurance right now, and it's you know uh. it's it's that's affecting my life because there are things that I need to get checked up on, but it's also to the point of the things that I needed to get taken care of and handled were handled when I was younger. The things that I need to keep a checkup on now are basically just maintenance. You know, I need, I need to go okay. to my doctor and I mean, every woman needs to get regular pap smears, just, just checkups. And I do, there are proponents of like heart issues and, um, I have a proponent for osteoporosis. So I've just got to be careful and like, um, vitamin D and, um, just certain random maintenance things that are now where, where as when I was younger, it was more stringent because I, cause one big thing with Turner's is, <clears throat> excuse me, it has to be taken care of when you're young. Like it, ha- it's, okay. it's during the repro- like your developmental years. So like, and there was a long time ago when I was doing some just research on my own and I found like a like a message board of people and this person was like oh my 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 daughter just got diagnosed you know do I do you have any diet any advice or this one person was like I'm 28 years old I just got diagnosed and I felt sorry because like when you're 28 like there's not much you can do because your developmental years are o- like not necessarily over, but, uh, and I'm sure, but no, they and I'm, are. Just and I'm sure that yep. there are things that can be done, but like, as far as growth goes, like you have to catch that uh, when you're growing or that's, that's all that can be done. So that, that's what really affected me when I was doing that research. I was like, Oh my goodness. Because like I said, I was diagnosed at birth. So all of this stuff, And like my mother said with the doctors that they kind of, they didn't necessarily set expectations, but they guided her because not only was, not only was I diagnosed at birth, but we were also ready. Like at that point, my parents already knew that we were moving out of state. So like, not only that, because my mom knew this doctor forever. He like delivered all my cousins and like he was a, he was a family (laughs) doctor. 
And so my mom was like, what do I do? And so they were, she was pointed in the direction of where I needed to go and what I needed to do throughout all of those years of my life. With your research, I know like my best friend just, you know, was diagnosed with breast cancer and there was so many things to help her, um, you know, even even like an emergency health insurance for Turner's. Have you come across anything like that um, that may be able to assist you in the maintenance that you say you kind of need? I just know that there is a lot of syndromes and diseases with organizations that do help with the uninsured that part I really don't even know and I'm I've only been without insurance for probably like two years okay so and I have been able to um go to the doctor if I've if I've needed but um I don't really know about that because I when Obamacare or the Affordable Care Act happened I that was like a big thing that I signed up for just because I'm, I'm like I can't go without health insurance so of like course. keeping up with that and and being so informed about that how that is being affected like that was important to me so I did have insurance for that long extended period of time but right now I'm not right I just graduated with my bachelor's back in August so and with planning my wedding and all of this stuff like my job search has kind of been on hold you have <laughs> you do have a lot to celebrate <laughs> might I say Engagement, <laughs> marriage, graduation—it's crazy. It's like, crazy. You're busy. Yeah. You're busy so out it's, here. So it's been on hold, and so when we get back from our honeymoon, it's going to be full force. Like the goal is going to be find a job with insurance and, and get everything taken care of that I need to get taken care of. <laughs> now, may I also ask because this was something that happened at birth, and and I'm I'm not even sure if you know the answer mm-hmm. to this, but do you know if this is something that is genetically passed down like do you know of anyone else in your family uh was diagnosed with turners at all or is it Um, just it's just that it's basically just a luck of the draw and i even some things online even says it 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 can be a big cause of miscarriages as far of of um that and also like people with turner syndrome it's very rare to even be carried to term so oh. so I so it's there it's a lot. <laughs> Was that a conversation that you had with your with um, your mother? Not necessarily, but a long time ago I did um like I said, I was going through all like this whole self exploration trying to figure out, you know, what what's really going on. And um I did call her and I was like, Okay, we need to go to lunch. I I wanna talk to you because I was in therapy at the time. And my therapist okay. encouraged me to speak with her because I did kind of have some not I, well, yeah, I was bitter. <laughs> I had some bitterness about some, it because some built up right. resentment towards well, her. Not, not okay. necessarily, but like they kind of encouraged me. I'm I've always kind of been an open book and they are more private. And so they kind with that they kind of encouraged me to be more private and I know that it I know now that it was basically just trying to protect me because how are middle school kids going to handle knowing that their friend takes shots every day and this and that you know just not understanding right. and I understand that they were being protective but I wanted to talk about it and I didn't I didn't really have an outlet for that and so like I, I wanted to confront her about that and we discussed it and 
um, I just went to lunch with her and was like, you know, mom, I really wanted to talk about it. And I know now that they were doing the best that they could. And they, they right. were handling the situation how they felt that it should have been handled. Now, my mom, like, I'm, I talk to my mom all the time. And, and we've never been, like, we've always been close. But it was, when, after that happened, we got really closer. Because I just wanted to just it was liberating just and everything all these stages and things and speaking with you today i've just you know just get it off your chest just get it get it out just let it don't hold anything in and so i guess that would be uh, normally before we get out of here i like for uh some sort of tip or advice to be given and i'm just gonna add one that i just heard from you but it would be that if you're listening and maybe you have a child who has been diagnosed with Turner syndrome, uh, it sounds like you definitely would have liked to speak to somebody. So a therapist or right. been in that way earlier than your adult exactly. years. So, so seeking that out, what other advice would you give to maybe someone who's diagnosed or someone who's raising someone uh, with this diagnosis? Um, it ba- like, um, they need to understand that, I mean, I mean, like I was made fun of in school They I had, they had Nick, not, I hate not, not nicknames, but they had names that they called me and, um, I just, it hurt and I didn't really have an outlet for that hurt. And I just, I wanted to be an open book, but I'd never felt that. Just let, let people be who they are. It doesn't matter. Like (laughs) just people are people. And that's what frustrates me so badly when I see anyone. And that's, I think part of the reason why I have such a, such a bleeding heart for anyone, whether they go be going through something with health or, you know, just, I'm so, um, I'm losing my words. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. I I always lose mine. <laughs> uh, like I, I'm politically informed. Just all of the gamut of anyone who is an underdog. Like there's no reason for someone to punch punch down. Like you don't punch down. There there's no 100%. there's no reason to make someone feel. Uh, oh, and there was a wonderful quote that I saw by um, I. Th- think it was charlie chaplin he was like my hurt may be the the reason of like i may make you laugh but don't let don't hurt somebody for the cause of a laugh Mm. like and and that's kind of how i unfortunately which with children they definitely don't get it but it's but that starts with parents that starts with parents it it does it does it does (laughs) It does, but it also, like, it's one of those unfortunate things that we feel like being bullied or bullying is a part of childhood when it doesn't No, exactly, right. And now now everyone's in therapy because of it. (laughs) Like, because they didn't have an outlet on who to talk about Mm -hmm. it with and and things like that. So I love that that you even referenced that because it's so true. It is. There's no reason to just – people got to enjoy their lives. There's no reason to make anybody – anybody's life any anything other than good there's just not and put all the all the good vibes and everything out there that you possibly can because life's too short (laughs) now while google is everyone's best friend has there been any specific resources that you feel like have helped you or any websites um off the top of your head that maybe you could share 
Um, while I was looking, it was there was a lot of you know just like the the WebMD because I mean like I I lived it, so I was just like y- <laughs> right. you know the the specifics didn't really and the statistics and things didn't really matter to me. But looking at that, I did realize how few women that it that it affects and there is also a male i don't want to say a male equivalent equivalent but there is a male syndrome called kleinfelders so it's it so it's just medicine and i mean and chromosomes they're just crazy and anything could misfire and cause anything and so and i mean even with like the it affects the sex chromosomes so when you do that it just things like that even make sense as far as gender and people being transgender people and being confused at just right everybody's trying to figure everything out <laughs> and no one has the answers right. all at exactly. the same time <laughs> exactly well natalie i want to thank you so much for being open and brave uh to sharing your story here i know that you've definitely uh informed me and educated me on something that i was unfamiliar with so i appreciate you for that and i really hope that you you continue with your voice on speaking out about this and sharing your story um and if anyone would want to reach out to you for anything do you have an instagram or a twitter or anything for for anyone to reach out to you i do um do you want me to just say my username or how do we want to do this? <laughs> Absolutely. So give your username and I'll also be sure to include it in the description of this okay. episode as it well. It is, um, my Instagram is uh, N-E-B, my initials, uh, 198807. <laughs> Come, oh, oh, you're definitely a millennial with that one. <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, Natalie, <laughs> Natalie, thank you so much for joining me. Guys, stay tuned for some stats and facts on Turner Syndrome when we get back. Thank you. Bye. I don't think Turner Syndrome defines me because I am so much more than that. I can't think of a single thing that has stopped me from doing. I don't see myself as being handicapped or disabled in the sense that I can't achieve what they can achieve. I am just me and that's the most important thing. This was such an amazing conversation to have um, because as mentioned, Turner syndrome is quite rare and there are fewer than 200,000 U.S. cases per year. Like Natalie made reference of, it is something that does affect the reproductive um, part of being a woman and actually about only two to five percent of individuals with Turner syndrome have spontaneous periods and are actually uh, potentially able to achieve pregnancy without medical intervention. Um, I'm what, what I really loved about this conversation with Natalie was the fact that not only is she engaged to be married next week, which was amazing, but she also went through school. A lot of women with diagnoses like these feel defeated or feel as though they can't live a normal life or feel as though they're not quote unquote normal. And so I just really love that her parents, you know, raised her to be as strong willed as she is. I think that that is amazing. And I do also love that she touched on therapy. I think that a lot of us do not speak about where we are in in our journey as women, whether we're in puberty, whether we're in adolescence, whether we're in our young adults. I mean, I spoke to you guys, I'm just now getting into therapy in my 30s. And so I really love that that was touched on as well. 
I also really hope that you guys enjoyed this week's episode. Again, I'm learning so much more about all of the different battles that we have out here as women and not one is like the other. It is truly, truly, truly amazing. Um, I wish Natalie the very best in her marriage and the rest of her journey. And again, guys, I just want to thank you all for tuning in. Make sure you check out our website, Official Box Owner. Check out our products. We have apple cider vinegar gummies. Those are our yummy box. We also have the balance box box bork acid suppositories as well as of course our box drops if you are able to get your hands on that make sure you go on over to the website now use promo code boxcare to receive 15 percent off of your order and guys thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of period sis until next time bye, bye. bye.